0: Immigration Advocates Network podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Immigration Advocates Network podcast interview on the UNHCR perspective on unaccompanied children. Today, we welcome Lindsay Jenkins, who is Assistant Protection Officer of U.S. Protection within the U.N. High Commissioner for Refugees Regional Office for the USA and the Caribbean. Welcome, Lindsay. Hi,
1: thank you very much, Pat. It's good to be here. Thank you for having us.
0: Oh, Thank you for joining us. Lindsay, can you talk a little bit about your position, your responsibilities, your background, and the work of your organization?
1: Sure, of course. Um, so taking a little bit of a step back, UNHCR, we are the UN Refugee Agency, and we're the UN agency with the mandate to ensure the protection of the rights of refugees, asylum seekers, and stateless persons the world over. Uh, we have about a hundred. We're we're present in about one hundred twenty five countries. We have about eighty five hundred staff the world over, working very closely with governments, with civil society, with other UN agencies, and with refugees and asylum seekers and stateless persons themselves, to make sure that um, that those who are fleeing for their lives and freedoms um, have access to protection. And, and are eventually able to, to rebuild their lives in a meaningful way. Um, our office here in Washington is a regional office, and we cover the United States of America as well as 27 Caribbean countries and territories. Um, I actually sit within our U.S. Protection Unit, so our focus in the U.S. Protection Unit is specifically on the U.S. context, and we're looking at the ways in which those who arrive to the United States and who want to seek international protection are able to do so. So we're making sure that there's access to safe territory, there's um, meaningful access to to fair and efficient asylum procedures, and and that folks who are eventually granted protection are able to rebuild their lives. Um, Our work is very much focused on looking at U.S. law policy and practice and making sure that it's in line with um, with international obligations under the, the 1951 Refugee Convention and its 1967 protocol. So um, here here in Washington we, we work very closely with partners in the US government as well as um, as well as NGO partners who are very much engaged in, in a range of protection related activities. We also, just to flag, have offices throughout the the Americas regions. So we have offices in, in Mexico in Panama um, and several other locations throughout the Americas that, that all work together to ensure that protection of uh, of those fleeing for their lives is is
0: insured. Thank you. So and, you've been watching the situation on the southern US border closely. Can you please give an overview of the problem what's happening? The children, the kinds of numbers we're seeing, the countries of origin, and and the circumstances that the lead the children to flee their countries.
1: Sure, of course. Um, so, as UNHCR, um, as we're looking at our protection work, no matter where we are in the world, we're 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 looking at it through a lens of making sure that. That, in addition to to um, all asylum seekers and refugees, that they're able to seek protection, but we're really focused also on the particular needs of, of vulnerable populations among those who might be fleeing um, to seek protection. Uh, among those those vulnerable populations are. Um, are the elderly, are um, single women, uh, members of the LGBTI community, and also, in particular, um, unaccompanied and separated children. And UNHCR, for you know, drawing off of our more than 60 years of experience working with displaced populations, we actually have developed a great deal of expertise in, in looking and in, in, in ensuring the needs of, of unaccompanied children, that they're protected within... The broader range of of asylum seekers that ex- that exist in, in in throughout the world, um, and you know, with that lens, we have that we've turned and looked at the situation here in in the Americas as we're kind of trying to generally identify trends of forced displacement and make sure that that children are protected. You know, over the last um, over the last several years. Um, we have, uh, as well as other um, government, U.S. government partners and um, and uh, NGO partners, have noticed, with some concern, the increase in the number of unaccompanied children who were arriving to the United States, um, coming from, in particular, the three uh, countries comprising the Northern Triangle of, of Central America. So that's El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala, and then also Mexico. Um, starting in late 2011, the numbers each year of arrivals of these children were, were doubling. And, um, as I mentioned before, we also, we have colleagues in, in the region who were noticing very similar trends, particularly our colleagues in, um, in UNHCR Mexico. Uh, they were noticing a, a great deal of increase in the number of children, uh, arriving to Mexico and, and, and trans and, uh, um, and transiting Mexico. So, with that, with that concerning increase, UNHCR, um, with the with the coordination um, with the U.S. government, actually carried out a um, a study in 2013, whereby we interviewed 404 children. Um, in U.S. federal custody from those four specific countries, again, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Mexico, really trying to understand what exactly were their reasons for coming. There is, you know, a great deal of speculation um, as to their reasons. Um, I think, you know, important to note that uh, even, even asylum seekers when they're fleeing have a range of different reasons for fleeing. But we wanted to make sure that any potential international protection needs were identified and, and through those through those interviews, which were very in depth, two hour long um, two hour long interviews carried out by child protection experts, we we were able to to find out that um, an overwhelming fifty eight percent of the children who we interviewed expressed that they left due, uh, at least in part to to violence that um, that they feared or had directly experienced in their in their countries of origin. And um, when we're talking violence, we're we're talking very, um, very horrific levels of of violence and threats um, everywhere, from um, forced recruitment and under threat of death and torture for 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 um, young boys and girls, um, young girls being threatened or subject to sexual and gender based violence. Uh, either by, either in their homes or by, um, by members of organized armed criminal actors or gangs, um, really just experiences that, that children should never, ever have to face. Um, these children told us directly of those experiences. And so, you know, UNHCR, um, again, with, um, in coordination with the U.S. government and with funding from the MacArthur Foundation, we launched our report um, with those findings back in in March of 2000 2014 so just just under uh, just under a year ago um, here in Washington and um, and quite honestly um, I actually often say it was released to the fanfare of a bit of crickets um, you know folks were concerned um, I think they were concerning findings but um, you know it had not yet become the national issue that we saw, um, we saw the, the the quote unquote surge become um, just two months later. And um, you know, when we launched, we actually we actually said that really um, our main our main conclusion is that the the dominant narrative of of migration in the region was shifting. Um, it was no longer you know. The, the the dominant um, reasons for for leaving countries of origin for these children were not just um, opportunity or family reunification, but but overwhelmingly, almost sixty percent, it was due to long entrenched um, violence. And then, in in May 2014, late May 2014, it became a national issue. Um, we saw, you know, tens of thousands of unaccompanied children and family units, predominantly uh, single women with small children, arriving along the southern border of Mexico, and really the the needs of the protection needs of this population became a conversation that was front and center um, nationally and and regionally. Um, I would just note, too, that since that time, UNHCR in Mexico, our colleagues released a report that has found uh, that about 50% of the children from the Northern Triangle, from El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras who are transiting Mexico um, actually also expressed to them needs of, of potential needs of international protection that they were leaving due to these increasing and entrenched levels of violence in their countries of origin.
0: Thank you. Let's talk about the U.S. response to the surge of children and in the view of the UNHCR, how that response is meeting or falling short of the standards under the treaties and protocols.
1: Sure. Um, well, UNHCR's position um, has been from the start and, and always uh, and continues to be that really this is a regional problem that, that needs a regional solution. So the United States is obviously a a key, um, a key player in that, but additionally other countries in the region, including Mexico, Belize, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama, are all also feeling... The increase in the number of asylum applications from um, from nationals of Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador. So, so really, the the primary response regionally needs to be to to strengthen um, strengthen mechanisms and procedures for for international protection, so that. That children among the population who is who is fleeing, um, those who have international protection concerns, so those who are who are fleeing due to violence are identified, and that they are able to tell their stories to to trained professionals who who understand international asylum law and who are able to. To identify and um, take decisions on those claims, and, and to make sure that those children get the protection that they need in in the context of those those larger flows. So, um, just wanted to, to to state that from the outset that really this is this is a regional problem that needs regional solutions. Uh, since the surge last summer, the United States has obviously undertaken a a range of policies in response the increase in the number of unaccompanied children um, from from the Northern Triangle who are coming to the United States um, very positively uh, for instance the Department of Justice has um, has instituted um, an AmeriCorps program to increase the legal representation for uh, unaccompanied children who are in US custody as they go through their 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 legal procedures and and are able to, to make claims for, for protection related to asylum or trafficking or, or other forms of, of abuse and neglect. Additionally, um, ORR, the Office of Refugee Resettlement, uh, which sits within the Department of Health and Human Services, which is where the children are actually um, housed during their during their protection proceedings, they have increased additional funds for, for attorneys um, for those who are released from, from custody. So they they're working with civil society, with USCCB and the, and USCRI to, uh, to actually increase representation for those children who were, who were eventually released to sponsors, um, in the community. So there have been some very, very positive developments on, on that end. We've also seen the United States set up a, um, set up a program for, processing of potential refugee uh, applications in country so looking at an in-country processing option in Honduras Guatemala and El Salvador um, very important to note with that uh, while that is one tool um, it definitely will um, one tool for protection for these children it definitely is not the the only um, the only tool for protecting children there might be Children who cannot stay in their country of origin to have their to have their potential refugee claims heard, um, and so they may also we need to still ensure that that those who cannot stay in their country of origin need that are able to 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 flee and seek protection um, outside their their countries. Another important caveat to the in-country processing program is that it requires. That the parent in the United States actually be, um, have lawful status in the United States. So, if they do not have a parent or legal guardian who has lawful status in the United States who is petitioning for them, then those children would not would not qualify. So, so while the in-country processing program represents a a very um, a very positive and important um, piece in In ensuring and strengthening international protection, it is uh, on its own not um, not the the only solution and really the real solution is to inju- is to improve um, protection uh, processes through throughout the region in in Mexico in the united
0: states and and otherwise. Well good, that leads to my next question, which is what recommendations or other options? Um, You know, based on your expertise in international law or precedent in other countries, would you like the U.S. to undertake in its response to the arriving children?
1: Sure. Um, You know, UNHCR has has called on the United States and the international community in general to really work um, fundamentally to address the... The root causes. Um, what is causing these, these children to leave um, and flee and seek protection elsewhere? Um, you know, it's when we when we looked at when we looked at our, our when we spoke with the children back in in 2013, and we heard their stories. We heard the conditions that they were fleeing. Um, those conditions have largely not changed in their countries of origin. Violence does remain. A um, a reality for for many um, children in Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador, and um, until you know entrenched violence and um, extreme poverty and other factors that have led these children to to not feel safe and to need to leave their their, their homes and their countries to to seek protection elsewhere. Until those issues are addressed, then in a meaningful way, then. Then, really, we will. We are concerned that we will continue to see um, vulnerable children. We'll continue to see um, children who are, are are pushed from their homes and communities and um, in need of international protection. So, looking at a longer looking at uh, a longer term solution, that's that is going to be key. In the meantime, um, we need to ensure that. Victims who are fleeing um, violence in their communities are able to um, are able to to tell their to tell their stories, to to talk with um, trained asylum professionals who understand you know understand asylum law, who are able to who can work with children, who understand that um, interviewing interviewing a, a seven year old is is a different is an entirely different thing than interviewing a 27-year-old and that um, while all uh, asylum seekers need to have particular procedures in place that that are sensitive to their vulnerabilities children in particular um, because of their age because of their dependency on adults need to have procedures in place that um, that allow them to that allow them to feel comfortable um, expressing their reasons reasons for leaving and for um, and for seeking protection. So we really, you know, we work to encourage all countries in the region, including the United States, to to send you know to continue to be strong examples and um, and to uh, continue to allow um, children to to make their claims for protection and have them heard um, by by professional adjudicators. Um, and so, you know, I think also in in sending a positive message out, you know, increasing legal representation, uh, reaffirming the protection needs of these children, um, and continuing to grant protection is is really the um, the most important um, is the most important piece in the meantime while while the root causes are being addressed, um, while uh, the United States and others really, you know. Strengthen their commitments to the region in um, in building citizen security and 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 creating a safe space for for children to stay and thrive in their countries of origin. So those are those are the main those are the main issues that that those are the main recommendations that uh, that UNHCR has made. We made those back in in March, 2014, when we launched our report, and and we stand by them and, and stand by the governments in the region and working on those issues.
0: Hmm. Thank you. Are there any other uh, resources or reports that you would like to highlight? Where could people go to find out more information about your work?
1: Sure. Um, our Children on the Run report, um, as well as other resources related to uh, protection of unaccompanied children and protection of children generally, um, who are refugees and asylum seekers, can be found on our website, um, which is WWw dot u n h c r Washington all one word dot o r g backslash children um, and that's where our children on the run reports sits there are also several other um, reports links to reports and resources videos press releases um, all kinds of resources that really uh, you know that we've compiled over the course of of time. Since we first launched our report that are available for for use um, for advocates and and for others we also encourage um, we also encourage uh, advocates to look to other um, NGO resources um, there's some amazing NGOs here in the United States that are experts on these issues and have developed a great deal of materials um, related from everything to understanding the the root causes of the crisis to um, to the, you know, outlining a um, outlining their positions on the response to the crisis and how important resources on um, for unaccompanied children for advocates representing unaccompanied children. Some of these groups are the Women's Refugee Commission, um, Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Service, Kids in Need of Defense or KIND, um, the U.S. Conference on Catholic Bishops, USCCB. Um, the U.S. Commission for Refugees and Immigrants, USCRI, and the Young Center. Um, so all of those groups are, um, are incredible advocates. They are providing both direct services as well as doing some really important policy work um, working to strengthen the protections for unaccompanied children in the region.
0: Thank you, Lindsay. Are there any other important points that you'd like to highlight before we wrap up the interview? Sure. One one last point.
1: Um, you know, I had mentioned this at the beginning of the interview, but um, in addition to an increase in the number of, of unaccompanied children coming to the United States from the Northern Triangle, we are also seeing an increase in the number of family units, and as I mentioned, particularly women with, with children um, coming into the United States. Uh, they are... Those family units are actually—they um, actually have a, a different process that they go through than than the children do, and um, and oftentimes we've well we have seen um, over the last year a significant and concerning growth in um, in the use of um, of detention of families in in the United States, and UNHCR generally uh, disfavors the use of detention for. For children, whether they be accompanied or unaccompanied, um, and we want to make sure that um, that all asylum seekers are able to have meaningful access to to asylum procedures. So, we do note with concern um, that that family detention has been expanded in the United States, and um, and we will continue to monitor that situation to ensure that. Um, that that all asylum seekers be they unaccompanied children be they families be they singled adults um, actually do have meaningful access to to asylum procedures and that um, that their most fundamental rights and in particular the right to be free from from arbitrary restrictions on their liberty are respected um, as they are as they are seeking international protection so that is that is an additional issue that, that our office is following very closely and um and we look forward to working with the U.S. government and, and with NGOs to, to ensure that the protection needs of that population do not go unnoted, uh, particularly since many of the the children who are arriving with their with their mothers and, and with their guardians um, are, are likely subject to the same conditions in their country of origin as the, as the unaccompanied children
0: have been. Thank you, Lindsay. We have many reports and resources posted on our website at immigrationadvocates.org. And we also have a new website for advocates and pro bono attorneys. It is uacresources.org. So for more information, people can check with Ian-related resources as well. Uh, We share what our friends and partners publish, and we share the reports by UNHCR. Well, thank you very much to Lindsay Jenkins of the UNHCR Regional Office for the USA and Caribbean. UNHCR is the UN's refugee agency, and they have been closely watching and reporting on the situation on the southern border. And you've offered many helpful observations today on how the U.S. can best respond to the crisis and help the children have a fair proceeding and find protection in the US. Thank you for your hard work on this, and best wishes.